And I cannot wait for Kings fans to see uh, how fast Sasha Vizenkov can shoot, how fast his little quick releases in the, in the mid-range. He has this little quote-unquote Rashawn push shot that is so fast. Uh, he just gets it up there so quick and he's so accurate and I can't wait for, uh, for him to hit that all season long. The Minnesota Timberwolves because they, it was always hard for us to beat them last season. Uh, they were like our kryptonite. We just couldn't, for some reason, really figure out that team. So I'm excited to see how we kind of match up against them this season. Because if he can take that leap offensively, it's gonna we're gonna have a pretty dangerous bench. I feel like we already had a good bench last season, but if we can get contribution from Davion Mitchell in a little more minutes, and he's able to stay on the floor, and then on top of adding, you know, Sasha, uh, things like that this team's going to look a lot different. And I think uh, we're going to have a lot more games uh, won this season. I'd rather get W's and get checks. Get checks. What's up, everyone? This is the Beam Unit Podcast. This is episode 22. My name is Liz, alongside my co-host, Daily Sabonis. Our other co-host, Naima, is not going to be able to make it tonight, but uh, we have a fun little episode that we're dropping, so uh, definitely listen to it once we're done. What's going on, Daily? Uh, everything and anything. Um, sometimes life is like that, and I wouldn't have it any other way. I like being busy and, and, and enjoying everything. So, And then also, yeah congrats or not congrats, but happy uh, NBA new schedule release day. Yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, I think this is the, you know, whole point of doing, you know, an episode this week. Um, you know, we haven't done one in a while, obviously, but it's kind of like Christmas uh, day for, you know, NBA fans. Uh, we get to see what the schedule is going to look like for the next year. Um, you know, how many back-to-back games you have, how many national televised games that you have. Uh, so today I feel like is uh, definitely Christmas for a lot of NBA fans. So I was excited, uh, you know, looking at the schedule um, and, you know, just to see what the season's going to bring for this team, because, you know, as last year we had no expectations of this team really, uh, you know, and they went to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. Um, so I think everyone's expectations are going to be obviously higher for this season. Um, but I'm just going to look at it like, Hey, they got to go out there and they got to perform. I'm not going to, you know, expect this team to do, you know, anything major, um, you know, they just continue to have to work and build and, you know, prove themselves. But I think uh, this year is going to, you know, definitely be a special year, especially with the new additions that we got to the team. So I'm excited for the schedule. Yeah. I just want to shout out to everybody on Twitter uh, who have said the same damn joke uh, across the fan bases where we're, you know, somebody from a, a team's blog or newspaper will be like, oh, well, here's our schedule. What do you think our record will be? And everyone's like, oh, it looks like 82 and O. <laughs> I, I think I've seen that joke uh, by at least a few members of every fan base uh, across either Reddit and Twitter. So I, I love that. Thank you for doing that. It, it doesn't get old at all. Um, I do want to shout out the Timberwolves social media team. Uh, who dropped their schedule release video. Um, they dropped jars and other objects down the stairs and added a graphic of when the T-Wolves were playing that particular team. Uh, the Kings were a jar filled with an electric beam or laser. Uh, the Pistons were a box of Hot Wheel cars that were thrown down the stairs. The Jazz were a jar of yellow highlighter markers. That made me laugh. 
And uh, yeah, I thought it was super clever. So shout out to them. Also, shout out to the Bulls media team. Uh, they used a, a a short. They created a short with eight bit bit graphics, like uh, it was an NES game, and um, the opponents had vignettes with little dialogue, like you were playing Mega Man or something. Uh, it's excellent. Um, so. Props to those social media teams. Uh, it makes the season and the timeline that much more exciting. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, you got to look at it. When your social media team is being creative, it kind of makes it fun for the fans to interact and be excited for something. Just with the Kings, when they announced that the beam was going to be a thing and how they dropped it with Aaron and you know Sabonis, I mean, that was awesome. Everyone was giggling. They were laughing. They were having a good time. And then once the beam started getting lit, you know, Pretty often this season, you know, we won a lot of games. Um, it was just so much more fun. People were running to the arena, especially on road games, taking pictures of the beam, you know, things like that. So, you know, when your social media team can kill it, uh, it just makes it that more much uh, fun for the fans to interact and do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, no, that's really exciting that these teams are getting more creative uh, with their social media output. Yeah, absolutely. And yet again, uh, granted, I know the Kings have a lot more nationally televised games this year so we did gain respect in that aspect but we're still disrespected as far as the scheduling is concerned we were we have the third most rest disadvantaged games uh meaning where our opponent has more rest than us uh leading up to that game um we are third behind the raptors and then the magic at first you would think they'd throw us a bone at least make us you know 15th or 16th in the middle of the pack, but no, we are third with the most rest disadvantaged games. Yeah, that's always a bummer. Uh, but I always look at it, you know, these guys are professionals, they're going to be ready to go. Um, thankfully, our team is more on the younger side, you know, besides a couple of guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting whether you want to look at it, um, you know, as the term is, we'll get more games. And, you know, sometimes I feel like too much rest is kind of, you know, bad in a way because then the team kind of comes out rusty and things like that. I definitely think I noticed a lot, especially we were on back-to-backs this past season. You know, we we came out the first game. We didn't win the first game usually. And then, boom, the second game we'd come out and we'd come back and win, you know, take the second game of a back-to-back uh, when we were doing those kind of little small series against the same team. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to suck. It's definitely going to be a grind for these guys. But, uh, you know, they're prepared for it. They know what the, you know, season entails. They know how the season works. So, they just got to get ready, uh, keep their bodies healthy, train, do what they got to do, get some rest, and then, you know, uh, get on it from there. So, yeah, I'm excited. So, Liz, as you know, uh, since we're in the off season, everything gets amplified and magnified on, on basketball Twitter. And I think we've all seen that clip from um, Paul George's podcast of he and Clay Thompson giving uh, mad amounts of love to Keegan Murray. What's your yeah. take? I love it. I mean, that's huge praise from, you know, two of the best in the NBA today, Uh, you know, especially with Clay Thompson, you know, playing against the Kings in that series, you know, and playing against Keegan, just basically saying that, you know, he's not a guy you would leave open, you know, because you have that confidence in him that he's probably going to knock a majority down of those open three pointers. So to get that praise from, you know, Clay Thompson on our rookie, uh, that's huge. And I think that's a huge confidence booster for, you know, Keegan, I mean, probably he doesn't pay attention much to that kind of stuff, but 
um, you know, I'm sure someone said something to him and told him that kind of thing, but yeah, it just makes it, you know, we have guys that are getting noticed, you know, not only Keegan, but we also have Fox who's got, you know, got his notice last season, you know, bleak monk, I think definitely, you know, had a big season last year um, coming off the bench. So yeah, these guys are definitely getting noticed and the league is starting to take notice of this, uh, this team and of, you know, these fans, especially because I think people forgot uh, what Sacramento fans are all about. And I love that Clay Thompson just tells it like it is. He doesn't feel the need to to play a heel persona and, and start dissing any of his opponents unless it's warranted. Um, like he went all in on um, Dylan Brooks last year. But, you know, with the Kings, he gave love to the fan base. He said that uh, Golden One was the loudest arena uh, since uh, the 2016 NBA Finals, which I think is really high praise. But as far as what they said about Keegan, no lies detected, right? Keegan spaces the floor and changes the geometry of the court every time he steps foot on it. Um, honestly, if those California Classic games are any indication, um, I think he's going to earn even more praise by the end of the year, for sure. Yeah, and I, when he said that, too, about Golden 1, um, I was excited because you have to think about it. The Warriors have been in the playoffs for how many years consecutively? They've been to many different arenas. Uh, many different atmospheres and things like that. And for him to basically say, you know, that golden one was the loudest he's, you know, been at since an NBA finals game. I mean, that's just absolutely huge. You know, it just goes to show um, how excited these fans are. And I love, you know, the Warriors fans when we were playing them in that series, they were coming out and like, where was all these Kings fans then? And da, da, da. And I saw, I saw a clip. It was funny. There people were showing, you know, like uh, what was a him moment or something. Um, on Twitter and someone posted, it was like a scout LaBissier game winner like years ago and the place was packed and it was loud. And I'm like, the fans have been here. You guys just haven't been paying attention because we've been losers and rightfully so, but the fans have always been supportive. Uh, and obviously, you know, people aren't going to spend a lot of money when there's not a winning product on the floor, but now that there is, they're going to be spending that money. So it just goes to show, uh, you know, finally the Kings are heading in the right direction. And yeah, it was a huge, um, praise from Clay Thompson by saying that, you know, he ain't going to sugarcoat it. He's not just going to say that to say that kind of thing. He was saying that because he genuinely felt uh, that way in that moment. And also uh, this summer, they announced the NBA in-season tournament. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm excited to see how that plays out. Um, I think, you know, the players are curious to see how it's going to work out. Uh, I just hope it doesn't necessarily take away you know, from the rest of the season and the kind of goals that these teams set and things like that, you know, hopefully these guys just kind of go in, you know, to each game and I'm sure they will. They're obviously professionals just taking it a game at a time. It's just another game kind of thing. Um, you know, hopefully they're not overlooking it, underlooking it kind of thing, but yeah, I'm excited to see how it's going to work. I think, you know, that's a step in the right direction for the NBA in general to kind of spice it up and do something different. Now I think they need to reevaluate the all-star weekend and do something different with that because that's just been kind of boring in the same format for, you know, however long. So yeah, I think it goes to show that the NBA is willing to make improvements and changes, you know, to make a season more exciting, more, you know, uh, exciting to watch and, you know, get fans to tune in, especially people that aren't necessarily basketball fans as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it adds a little more meaning to the regular season. I feel like the players, I imagine they'll be giving a little bit more on the floor and it won't be, you know, it's not going to be playoff basketball, 
but it should equate to games featuring a little more effort and quality than the average regular season game. I mean, if we get that, then I consider it a success. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be hyped as hell if they actually win that little pre uh, mid-season trophy or whatever. And people could call it a fake tournament or whatever. It's a real tournament. It exists. It's not the playoffs. But yeah, if we get some quality basketball out of that in, what is it, um, November, December, then I'm all for it. Uh, you know, honestly, I, I just think it's weird how just people are so negative towards it. And, and not everybody, just a few people or, or some just because it's something they've never, never seen before. I mean, I understand that unfamiliarity breeds contempt at times, but you know, it is what it is. I, I'm willing to see how it shakes out. Yeah, no, definitely. So speaking, you know, of games, I think we should kind of touch on, you know, the start of the season, the Sacramento Kings are going to open up against the Utah Jazz on the road. Uh, are you excited for that game? Obviously, Utah, I think last year we played, you know, them pretty well and they played us pretty well. I think we were kind of evenly matched in different ways. Um, but those games, I feel like, are always super exciting. So I'm actually excited to see them start on the road against the Utah Jazz. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I'm excited for every game, honestly. I, I think as a fan of basketball, you know, I have – players that I enjoy watching across the league. So if Johnny Juzang gets like maybe 10 minutes of playing time, maybe if that, I don't know if he will or not, um, I'll have a good time watching that. And of course I enjoy watching uh, Jordan Clarkson and, and Markinen. I mean, yeah, they're a fun team to watch and and I want to see how we handle them because they play, like you said, they played us tough. So we'll see if we could build on, on what we did in the playoffs and maybe that could uh, put us over the top. Every game is going to be tough. That's how I feel. Yeah, any that's the thing is people have the expectations of, you know, we go into a certain game and we should win that game. You know, on paper, yes, you probably should win that game. But these are professionals. They're going to go out there. They're going to give it their all. If a guy's hitting on a night and he's going for 40, it might be hard to stop that kind of thing, and you might lose that game. It's going to happen. We're going to probably have a couple games where we lose against a team, yes, on paper, that we should have beat. It happens in the NBA every single year to every single team, no matter their record. So. I always hate that narrative that, oh, you should beat that team. And it's like, obviously, that's, you know, stating the obvious. But again, it's not like these guys are playing high school basketball players. They're still playing professionals. And they're those guys that are on the floor, they're still going to come out and compete every night. You know, because some of them are playing for contracts the next season. Um, you know, some are playing for, you know, thinking they're going to go to a different team. So they might want to showcase and things like that. So these guys are always going to be competing on a nightly basis, no matter what, Um you know, atmosphere that they're in, you know, on a daily basis. So, yeah, I'm excited to see just the start of the season, how this team comes out looking. Um, I'm excited to see, you know, Sasha on the floor, see how he kind of fits into the offense. That's going to be really exciting. I mean, I'm sure we'll get a preview in the preseason, uh, you know, how it's going to go. But, yeah, it's, it's just really exciting. I'm so excited just for the season to start already. Yeah, I just can't wait to see how. And for me, you know me, I, I'm always – um, approaching the sport with uh, my lens on the crowd. I, I like seeing how people react, and I cannot wait for Kings fans to see uh, how fast Sasha Vizenkov can shoot, how fast his little quick releases in the, in the mid-range. He has this little, quote-unquote, Rashawn push shot that is so fast. Uh, he just gets it up there so quick, and he's so accurate, and I can't wait for, uh, for him to hit that all season long. Um, for you, Liz, what are some... In- some of the more intriguing teams that you see that you're looking forward to them playing. 
I mean, the first one's going to obviously come against that, you know, home opener against the Golden State Warriors. It's the rematch from the round one of the playoffs this past season. So the crowd's going to be excited. You know, every year it's crazy. I always look forward to like our hype video that they show, you know, before the game. I love those videos because they just get you, they just like inject that like juice into your veins where you're just like, all right, I'm ready. Let's go. And now the fact that we, I think, have something that we're building on with a team that made the playoffs last season and they, they got better this off season. So I'm excited to see how the pieces that they, you know, kind of brought in, they resigned the defense that that's going to also improve how that's all going to be handled. But I think right then just opening at home against the golden state warriors, you know, with all the, the talking that was happening during the series and then even after the series, you know, things like that. I'm just excited to see that, uh, you know, be a nationally televised game. First of all, so that's pretty cool. We're starting pretty much right off the bat, you know, I believe on ESPN uh, for that first home game. So that's going to be super exciting. And then I also, I'm excited. There's a couple other matchups. I would say the Minnesota Timberwolves because they, it was always hard for us to beat them last season. Uh, they were like our kryptonite. We just couldn't, for some reason, really figure out that team. So I'm excited to see how we kind of match up against them this season. And then also I would say Oklahoma City, I'm excited to see how they do, not only against us, but I just think in general, uh, you know, they're very young. I'm excited to see Chet, you know, finally get his chance um, to play as well. And then obviously the Victor Women Yama, I'm excited to see that on the floor as well. So there's a few different teams I'm definitely excited to see, even though they're young and upcoming. They might not have the highest of expectations, but they're going to be exciting to watch with how young they are, especially when you got Greg Popovich as your coach. You know he's always going to be out there having his guys ready to compete as well. So I think those are the, the teams I'm excited to watch. Yeah, well, same uh, for me. You took the words right out of my mouth with uh, OKC and Chet. Um, that's going to be super interesting. Yeah, for me, it's like the Rockets with the new coach, a new system, and loads of young talent. Um, I want to see Grant Williams paired with Luca uh, with the Mavs. And then also with the Mavs, we're going to get the return of Rashawn Holmes, which is going to hit emotionally for me anyways. Um, and then I do want to see the Pacers, the new look Pacers with Obi Toppin paired up with Tyrese. I, I just think those Tyrese to Obi Toppin lobs are going to be glorious to watch. And, and I'm glad you mentioned um, how the Kings are going to stack up defensively. I want to see how they match up with the more arguably athletic teams. Um, They totally got destroyed by the Raptors on their own home floor. But then in the playoffs, they ramped up their defense where they were in the middle of the pack for the first whole first round. So it's like, I want to see if they build on that and if they're going to be able to achieve and maintain a top 15 defense. And I want to see how they perform against, yeah, those uh, more athletic teams because you mentioned Minnesota, right? That's uh, the same yeah. type of team that the Raptors are, where they have length and athleticism. And I uh, want to see how the Kings do against that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think with our defense, we saw obviously in the playoffs against the Warriors, they they stepped up on defense. I mean, obviously, still not great. I think they could definitely be a lot better, but we saw a lot of improvement, especially with the roller coaster during the season to kind of what they were able to do in that first round. So. I think it starts at the top with the guards. You know, De'Aaron, I thought he individually got a lot better last season. Um, He was up in guys' faces, things like that. And then Davion Mitchell, I think, you know, he's obviously only going to get better uh, this season as well. And he's kind of, I feel like, the anchor to our defense, you know, because he is the best defender on the team as of now. So I'm excited to see how everyone kind of falls in line behind those two guys because I think those are the two guys that are, you know, are the anchor of the defense. 
So do you think Davion's going to take a leap next season? Oh, for sure. Another I leap, mean, I would should say. Yeah, I think defensively, he's always going to work at it. He's always going to be the scrappy guy up in your face, you know, doing the off night stuff, uh, you know, on a, a nightly basis. But offensively, I saw a clip. He's been working, I believe, with Steph Curry's shooting, um, you know, trainer, coach or whatever. And his shot looks a lot different. It's not the arc is not as high. He has a lower release and it's quick. So I'm excited to see how that comes into play as well, because if he can take that leap offensively, it's going to we're going to have a pretty dangerous bench. I feel like we already had a good bench last season, but if we can get contribution from Davion Mitchell in a little more minutes and he's able to stay on the floor and then on top of adding, you know, Sasha, uh, things like that, this team's going to look a lot different. And I think uh, we're going to have a lot more games uh, won this season. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, you can't coach that type of work ethic into someone. Um, I do want to shout out uh, one of the the new assistant coach coaches, Jimmy Alapag, Alapag, who has been with Davion all summer, whether it's in Texas, whether it's in Sacramento. Uh, I think they're in the Caribbean um, and also Spain. Like He's been with them, just like Luke Lokes is, is with uh, De'Aaron in Spain. It, it's like He's traveled with him and he's coached with him, as, you know, maybe like as a personal trainer or someone to work, work him out. I think that's amazing. I, and I think that just shows the dedication uh, of this coaching staff in the development of our players. Um, and we all saw the improvement of Davion last year, how his shot had a higher arc. Um, and granted, he was uh, relegated into a smaller role with less minutes, but I, I think he starred in his role. And I think he's going to be a bigger star in his role um, next season as well. So, yeah. Well, and speaking of the coaching staff too, I love that, you know, mentioning, you know, the coaching staff going with guys. I mean, Sabonis and Chris Duarte have been out working out with, you know, Doug Christie and Barbosa pretty much all summer. So I just love that these guys are, you know, kind of taking that accountability and getting out there and doing the work. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of enjoying, I don't, I don't remember and I can't recall. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't know if any of our guys are even playing in like the, you know, FIBA. Um, I know Keegan's going to be training with the USA team, but I kind of like that in a sense, because I feel like with Sabonis last year when he was playing, he kind of came into the season on a slow start and I'm all for guys repping their countries and things like that. I think that's awesome that they do that. Uh, but it's kind of nice that they're able to take that break. And obviously with his hand injury, you know, with the thumb, he had to take that break anyways to heal. But yeah, I'm just excited to see these guys, get to training camp, mold it together, put it together, and, you know, finally seeing um, some Kings basketball again. Yeah, I mean, health is most important. So I just want to see what Fox and Domas are going to do during the season with healthy hands, and, and hopefully we can replicate our good health that we had last season. Uh, it's a lot to ask, so I don't want to say that out there and put that out in the, there in the universe and jinx us or anything. But, yeah, I, I think we'll totally be fine, and, and we're going to – get the projected wins uh, and then and then some if we stay healthy again. You know, it really comes down to health, I think. Um, I will say, though, uh, by month, um, it looks like in December and March, the Kings, those are the months where the Kings have uh, the number of home uh, games advantage. Uh, in December, they have eight home and then four road. And then in March, they have 11 home and five road. But every other month, Besides those two, it's either even or they're at a disadvantage. Yeah, I noticed that too. Uh, December is definitely going to be crucial because I think that's the end of the 
in-season tournament as well. Um, I know for the like when they do the championships, that's going to be played in you know Vegas and all that stuff and how they work that out. Uh, but yeah, when they're on their home court, which was disappointing. I actually, you know, last season I thought they should have done a lot better on their home court. They were actually not as good on the home court as they were away. So I think that's something they need to improve on this season. They really need to use Golden One Center to their advantage and the fan bases to their advantage uh, and win more games at home. And then obviously still keep, um, you know, a good record on the road because road games are super important. Uh, I think the players, they don't have as much pressure when they're on the road as they are at home. But yeah, I would really like to see them take that leap at home and win a lot more games this season. Yeah, I still say they should just use reverse psychology and just make all the fans in Golden One wear the opposing team's jersey. And maybe they shoot better. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't figure that out and how they had a better road record than the home record. Um, I'm just excited of thinking about it, too, because I remember, you know, when the matchups for the playoffs this past season were getting announced and finally we got the matchup and, you know, it's Golden State versus Sacramento. And, you know, Golden State fans were like, we're going to take that arena over. I'm just I'm going to love if they try to come back and say that with this game coming up, you know, the second game of the season when they come to Sacramento for the, you know, first rematch, you know, against each other. I swear, if I see any Warriors fans saying that, I'm going to just block them or something because I'm going to be like, if it wasn't like that in the playoffs, it ain't going to be like that the first home game of the regular season. So let's just shut that narrative right down. So earlier you mentioned the Spurs and Wemby. Uh, I'm excited for that um, televised game, nationally televised game on ESPN um, as well. And then also, uh, as far as national televised games, um, I'm excited for the Clippers. I want to see uh, Clippers versus Kings part two. I think the best part about that double overtime classic was that their best players were on the floor. Yeah. We did that. Fox and Monk did that against Kawhi and Paul George. And correct me and if I'm I wrong, think, we did that on a back-to-back, didn't we? we? That was our second game of the back-to-back. Yeah, I'm not sure, but yeah, it was glorious. And yeah. so I, I'm looking forward to that nationally televised game. And then, uh, yeah, I, I am looking forward to, them, to seeing them um, play against the Mavs on TNT. I think that should be exciting. Any game versus Luka and company is always going to be exciting. So those are the three nationally televised games that I'm looking forward to. What about you? Yeah, I think definitely those matchups um, – you know, because I thought the Mavericks were disappointing last season, especially after they acquired Kyrie. It didn't really look like they were going to gel that much together. Uh, but now they did, you know, add Grant Williams. We'll see if Rashawn Holmes kind of comes into the mix as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. It's always exciting to play the Dallas Mavericks and, you know, Luca, because as much as I hate the complaining that he does and things like that, um, he's a great – he plays the game a great way, I would say. He can shoot. Um, he can get to the basket. He can draw fouls. Um, as much as I hate when he complains to the refs, because he does that a lot, but it, we're still watching, you know, a rare talent uh, in Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic every time we play him. So, yeah, I think that's exciting. Um, nationally televised games, obviously, the Golden State Warriors. You know, playing them that first game, you know, at home on ESPN, I think is going to be awesome. I'm excited to see who's going to get the call for that. You know, with ESPN doing all the switch ups and stuff, that's going to be interesting as well. But yeah, just nationally televised games are super important. I don't really consider, and maybe your take is different on this, when they say like the 22 nationally televised games, you know, 11 of those were NBA TV. And I don't really consider those like nationally televised, but it's still awesome to have those. But I more look at the ESPN and the TNT type of games. So I'm excited that we have, you know, 11 of those as well. That's going to be uh, really exciting. Yeah, I got piled on last year by by all the 
the city father, so to speak, uh, on King's Twitter. It's national. Yeah. And that's all I have to say. So technically, they are national. Whether or not somebody cares about them, that's a whole nother topic. But they are national. Um, if somebody can't afford League Pass and they're in Tallahassee or if they're in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, or if they're in some small town in Alabama, they're going to be able to see those games. So those are technically national in whether someone cares about them or not. That's not the point. So I think it's great for those fans out there. Uh, it wasn't too long ago where I couldn't afford League Pass and I was living in Southern California and I was beyond happy that the Kings were on NBA TV. So No, for uh, sure. Yeah, That's how I feel. Um, we are are about to head out. Uh, I do want to shout out everyone who has subscribed to the podcast and anyone who listens to it. Um, thank you. Uh, we will be back again uh, this season. Um, we did take a hiatus this summer. Yeah, just you got to recharge and rejuice. Yeah, and yeah, just to recharge your batteries. Um, so I'm super excited for the year uh, for the season. Um, I do want to go back and, and roll back and, and talk about King Slender. Luka Doncic, I'm super excited to see how his weight loss and his new physique is going to play out uh, for this coming season. I think he's going to go off. I hope he goes crazy. Um, I think basketball is better uh, when the Mavs and Luka Doncic are in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you have those top players, you know, in the playoffs, it's always exciting uh, because obviously you want the best of the best in the playoffs. You know, you don't want teams that are, you know, getting lucky and barely sneaking in and, you know, because sometimes it's not as competitive. There's way too many blowouts in a series and it just doesn't make it as fun. Um, so when you have guys like Luca and, you know, Steph and, uh, you know, LeBron and all that, as much as I hate watching the Lakers, but that's just, that's good basketball. You have to look at it. They're going to usually most, for the most part, bring you decent games. I mean, there was some blowouts this past playoff series uh, with multiple teams, but yeah, it's it's always exciting to have these top guys. And I think, you know, Luca, he's done a lot, you know, in Dallas. And unfortunately, he just hasn't really, like, gotten over that hump besides the one season that they were in, you know, the Western Conference Finals. But, you know, it would be interesting to see if, you know, if they can't get any further, if they can't make it to a championship, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to leave? Is he going to stay? Uh, you know, the NBA – now is always shaking up in major ways. It's not like it used to be where guys were kind of sticking with their teams. I mean, people are requesting trades left and right and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's why I love the NBA. It's kind of like reality TV in a sense because everything's just drama. There's always so much drama going on. So it just draws the fans in. Thankfully, the Sacramento Kings aren't having that drama. Knock on some wood because it's always nice when your team isn't the one having the drama and you can kind of watch everyone else's teams kind of burn down. Well, like the meme goes, uh, there's been zero days since the NBA had any drama. So uh, that's the funny thing about this league. There's always something uh, brewing. So on that note, thank you, Liz. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in. And we are out of here. And I guys. See you.